It's time for episode 431 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we're ringing out the old year. My name is Dan Morin, and I, sorry, I left the soundboard on, I guess. Uh, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy. It's Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Dan. Honestly, it's kind of nice to not have made that, not have had to make that sound because that's exactly what my brain told me to do. And moments before I started, someone else made the sound for that's me. Fine. So I, I was ready. Hold on. There we go. Uh-huh. Ringing out the new year. Goodbye. Goodbye, 2021. Well, anyways, this is the show where we invite on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics in just 30 minutes to my left this week it is the host emeritus of clockwise host of other shows here on relay fm like upgrade and downstream and a bunch of other stuff that you probably know him from it's jason snell welcome back jason hello everybody (laughs) we're ringing out the old year it's great to be back on clockwise uh as a as a guest it's it's so freeing to just just be a guest thanks for having me sure yeah and to my left, it's the senior editor at IT Pro today, as well as an avid podcaster at The Incomparable and writer of the So What Who Cares newsletter. It's Lisa Schmeiser. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Thank you. I feel like this is as good a place as any to announce that my job description changed. Um, oh, <laughs> I know. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm now the editor in chief of No Jitter, which is a IT and tech news website focused around the technologies with collaboration and communication, everything from uh, the hardware and networks that build communication networks across the world to workplace experience. And with that, we'll be launching or relaunching a site called Workspace Connect in the upcoming year. And I'm now the co-chair for the Enterprise Connect conference that ties into this, too. I'm sorry, Lisa, you're officially too qualified to be on this show. I'm going to need you to go. I'm going to need you to go. Say goodbye. (laughs) I've got an 11-year-old upstairs. Will that work? Yeah, that's great. That's fine. They know a lot about tech. Bring her on down. Yeah, uh, she does. All right. <laughs> Let me kick things off this year as we look back at 2021. I'm curious, what technology has made the biggest impact on your life in the last year? Jason, you know a little about technology. Why don't you tell me what you got? Um, but on my personal life, so this is something I actually, we just did the Upgradies Awards on Upgrade, and one of the categories is life-changing technology, and I forced this one through because it's absolutely true, all for the one of a nail, you know, that sort of thing. I got the new Apple TV remote, and literally it made the biggest impact of my life of any technology <laughs> this year, because one, it was good and not not bad, like the old Apple TV remote, and uh, the fact that they added a power button to it, and that the, the Apple TV, I ended up in this situation where I'm like, okay, can I make it so I don't don't have many remotes in front of me can i make it so my family isn't angry at me because they don't know what buttons to press on various remotes to get everything to do anything so i bought a new receiver um we retired the tivo and i switched to an over-the-top streaming service for tv we changed our internet providers um and now everything we get is on an over-the-top service or uh, via an app which means it's all controllable on the apple tv uh it turns the tv and the receiver on and off and controls the volume all from the apple tv remote it all works it's all simple and 
uh, all because of one thing, which is that Apple shipped a decent remote control. So that's that's my answer. Uh, that dumb new Apple TV remote <laughs> changed my life and my family's life, and we really couldn't be happier. So thumbs up, Apple. Good job. You finally did a good remote. Nice. Uh, I have to say, for me, it would be uh, sort of... What is it? Streaming and and uh, online calling technology because uh, with the, the pandemic going on, um, we have been working from home more than ever for uh, Twit, and so I've got my you know own personal studio now practically in my uh, in my office, and that would not be possible without applications like Zoom and uh, my favorite which is ecamm live which helps me show my iphone and ipads on screen uh while i'm talking about them on the show i do ios today so yeah between ecamm live and then all of the various streaming and connection uh platforms like skype and and zoom uh those have definitely had an impact on my life uh lisa what about you I'd have to say the biggest one is actually Google Docs <laughs> um, and Google Sheets. I've ended up using it, and to bring up the, the dreadful Panera word, I've ended up using it to coordinate social, socially distanced um, volunteer efforts. I've been using it to coordinate all sorts of stuff across the geographically far-flung teams that I work with. I've used it um, for... Well, I did a lot of checking of remote school homework in it, and I liked being able to have back and forth notations, conversations with teachers and with uh, the students that my daughter was working with. It really worked as something that let me work both work and have communications with other people while I was working collaborative communication. (laughs) So it blew apart the way that I work. It blew apart the way that I do tasks and project manage. And I'd have to say that's probably the biggest impact on my life because it hits almost every aspect of it. I'm going to cast a a big net here and say the biggest thing that's actually made a difference in my life this year is smart home tech. Um, And that's because we bought a house and moved into the house. And now we've got all this stuff. And like, all of a sudden I've gone from having a, you know, a one bedroom apartment where I could easily get to, uh, you know, every part of my home in like two seconds to a house where it's like, all right, some things are down the stairs now or up the stairs. So now having the ability to control things or monitor things that are uh, farther away from me is really nice. Uh, you know, experimented with smart lock. We've got like smart sensors around there for like a smart thermostat to manage our heating. Uh, one problem we were having this year was uh, our basement is very damp. And so I put uh, an Eve uh, degree sensor down there to monitor the humidity, which was also very nice. So having all these little niches all of a sudden where I could suddenly put this smart home tech to use when before it was more of a curiosity. And now it's something that actually helps me like manage my house uh, has made me even more bullish on that as a category overall. So I would say that's actually had uh, quite a large impact on my life this year, but those are all fantastic answers. Thank you all so much. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Jason. Uh, I like Dan, I am taking advantage of the fact that this is the last episode of the year when I was the host mm-hmm. co-host of clock. Well, I was, when I was the host, Dan wasn't, no, that never happened. <laughs> Dan was always here. <laughs> um, Dan is always here. Dan abides. I, uh, always liked wrapping up the year with some, some forward looking and as well as a uh, backward looking questions. So my question is, uh, for you to in- invent and confabulate if you need to the most surprising tech news story of 
next year. What will be the most surprising tech news story of 2022, Micah? The most surprising tech news story of 2022 will be a number of uh, crypto bros and (laughs) sort of NFT folks admitting that the thing that they that they were so bullish about is maybe not as um as as good as they claim i'm not i I will say this i'm not you know super negative on all of it but what would be fascinating to see is somebody who is as just just steeped in this thing as we see these you know the incredibly defensive people uh anytime you you sort of make a negative claim about crypto or nft stuff um they get very 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 defensive and say you don't get it and you're out of touch and this and that and the other so to have any of them admit that it's not what they're saying it is would be incredibly surprising uh so i'm sticking with that i'm sticking with that lisa what about you I just think the best thing you can do is say crypto is like LuLaRoe for bros and watch their heads explode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the most surprising story we're going to get will be some lifestyle piece that begins to catch momentum sometime in early summer where some lifestyle writer will declare that all the young youngs are getting off the TikTok and having a digital detox summer. And next thing you know, it will balloon into a tsunami of think pieces in Slate, and there'll be an explainer in Vox, and it will be about young people are walking away from a virtual world during a pandemic. What does this mean? And we'll discover this was actually like a TikTok hoax back in like September next year. <laughs> uh, my most surprising thing will people decide that uh, virtual reality is actually great and that everybody does want to go to the metaverse because, uh, you know, that's where Mark Zuckerberg wants us all to go. And I'm <laughs> not convinced that this is a thing that's going to happen, but I will be very surprised if the metaverse really catches on next year and turns out to be indeed the next big thing in the world of tech. Um I guess I will eat my virtual hat if that actually happens. Only if you buy it as an NFT. Damn it! I don't... (laughs) uh, Man, they get you coming and going these days. All right, Jason, what's your most surprising tech story? Yeah, well, I mean, this is a tough one. You all have done a a really good job. Um, Remember, the trick here is it's got to be surprising. Mm. Um, Like like put an edit button on a tweet surprising? That kind of surprising? (laughs) Yeah, like like not... Uh, if it, if it was like uh, all the NFTs ha- and all the cryptocurrencies kind of fall apart and collapse, will that be surprising? No, it won't. So I'm going to say I think it needs to be somebody giving <clears throat> a tech company giving up something that they have claimed up till now would be a uh, would be like a very important part of their business, but that they will they will kind of back away from it and give up on it, and everybody will be a little bit surprised. What would that be? I, I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to parse it out here. I'm going to say something like Google's going to give up something because Google seems like a very flighty company. Like Google's going to give mm-hmm. up on their um, on making their own phones and and oh, and use a partner, yeah. or 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 maybe it'll be Google will give up on 
on the home space because they'll realize <laughs> that they just don't care. And and but I, I feel like it'll be something like that where and maybe I'll maybe it'll be a different company. Um, I'm 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 taking the field here. Microsoft maybe, stops making mi- hardware. Maybe Microsoft gives <laughs> up on their laptop business and their tablet business and sells it off to somebody because they've decided it's not something they want to focus on, or they spin it off, whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like that will be the true surprise, and I I feel like it's going to happen somewhere that somebody is going to uh, one of these big giant companies is going to say you know what nah and just uh, and lop it off because that that'll be it'll surprise people in general but the idea of a big uh big tech company walking away from a a small business in itself is not surprising but the detail will be surprising that's a kind of a conceptual pick for me because that's the best i could do i know i formulated the question and then i couldn't answer it (laughs) uh well i guess we'll find out in 2022 that is the first half of the show down already which means it's halftime. And this week's episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? Whether it's driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company, or providing customer service for the contact form, when these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business, not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there is a solution, transaction monitoring from, from Pingdom. During it just $10 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when cart checkout forms or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there's a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, Ops Genie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who's alerted and how they get the notification. Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know. And it's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use code CLOCKWISE at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime has concluded, which means it's Micah Sargent's turn. Aha, that is me. Um, so this, I'm specifically talking about video clips, short form video, this kind of thing. Um, I'm curious if you seek out videos online or if they kind of passively come to you. You're scrolling through Twitter, you see something that you like, you uh, stay still for a moment and watch it, you're on Instagram, that kind of thing. And when you do, I'm curious, where do you find you watch most online videos? Again, this doesn't include things like Netflix and Hulu, Apple TV+, Plus, those places where you're watching television shows and movies. It's specifically kind of clips and uh, that, that sort of content. Lisa, we'll start with you. <laughs> so as you know, you can get YouTube on your Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we have it and we really horribly confused the algorithm this past summer by by doing all sorts of different queries for a while uh my phil and trixie were both into bombastic rock videos so um that led to uh referrals that were clearly inspired by repeated viewings of guns and roses november rain and we've also got like a bunch of pbs things that got thrown into the mix and some sports clip highlights and some broadway greatest hits and the upshot is that a few months ago the youtube algorithm threw up its hands in defeat and began serving us um international videos for something called the greatest Wuthering Heights day where people gather in a park <clears throat> dressed in the same costume that Kate Bush wore in her Wuthering Heights video. And they do the choreographed Wuthering Heights dance on Moss. And lo- yeah, <laughs> I heard that soft. What? And long story short, I highly recommend just 
forking your YouTube algorithm and and seeing where it takes you because it's it's pretty delightful. Like we've uh, someone rec- like somehow we got a Disney food blog recommended to us through YouTube, and now that sent us on a, a dark wormhole. And there's stadium history thrown in there somehow. Anyway, YouTube can be a great randomizer if. Uh, you well, depending on what you click on, and um, depending on how thoroughly you confuse the algorithm and and break it out of its preconceived uh, demographic content buckets. <laughs> I you know I never really thought about this, Micah, uh, and it's an interesting question. I think there was a time when I used to obviously go more in search of these things, and particularly I'm thinking of stuff like movie trailers. Like I used to go mm-hmm. out and be like, oh, I've got my site that I go to every day, and I check it to see what new trailers are up, and you know I, I actively look for these things but these days i do feel like it's a lot more passive i don't spend a lot of time hunting down videos every once in a while if there's like something i need to do and i'm like oh there's probably a youtube video explaining how to do this but more often than not i feel like these things are served up generally when i'm scrolling through twitter or instagram probably uh and also to a lesser degree slack i don't tend to get as many video like short video recommendations through slack but every once in a while it does happen mm-hmm. so I, I think it's more that they get delivered to me these days than i go in search of something to watch on youtube in part because of you know the problems lisa mentioned prior to sort of you know disrupting your algorithm is i just i just don't want to watch most of the stuff that youtube suggests that i want to watch it thinks it knows me thinks it knows me it doesn't that's what i'm saying anyways jason you just got to bork your algorithm dan then you'll Apparently. be okay <laughs> i um i like dan i am not somebody who is uh sort of like consuming videos in an endless stream i don't get it i i know that different people have different interests and different lives and all that but like i leave my devices with their volume down or off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't i i don't i live in a house with other people who i don't want to (laughs) bother with loud videos randomly playing while Mm -hmm. i'm watching them and they're trying to sit next to me and do their own thing that would certainly annoy the heck out of me if if somebody else was doing it to me so i don't scroll through tiktok or even like play videos sort of randomly most of the time because uh, it's annoying so uh, everything i do when i get a video that i want to watch it's got to be in a very certain circumstance i'm by myself like i'm working or something like that and i'm scrolling through twitter um and and generally that's where i get it is it's either links in newsletters and things like that or it's uh, videos that come across my uh my twitter feed and that's that's how i do it but i i don't i'm just not one of those people with the endless algorithmic algorithmic stream of video because i got so many movies and tv shows to watch that i'm gonna if i'm gonna sit down and dedicate time I'm going to watch something like that. And when it's on the fly, generally, I don't want to do video because it's disruptive. So so mostly not. Yeah, I'm with you, Jason, on the, uh, the the disruption. If I'm around other people, there's no way I am. I will occasionally scroll through TikTok when I've kind of run out of other things and have, <laughs> have, a, have a good time there and then share the videos with other people. But I think the place where I most often see videos, it's a very unique service. I think it's, uh, it's, it's one that, that is uh, very special for me in that it is uh, the service called your partner holding up their hand with their phone in it. Uh, to your face and having you watch the video they just found on Twitter. <laughs> the subscription for that is pretty expensive. The, yeah, I yeah. pay a lot of money for that subscription, and <laughs> I'm thankful uh, that he has provided it so that I can see these videos. That tends to be how mm. I come across that, new video that, clips. That's how Lauren uh, consumes video in our house, is yeah. I go, oh, have you seen? No, she's not. Whatever it is, she hasn't seen it here, and I'll show her some viral video. And it's like, <laughs> trying to see, like, YouTube speed. is a social thing in our household. Like, we actually sit down at night, and we're like, ooh, it's time for you 
right? Interesting. And that's how we do it. The mm-hmm. worst thing in the world is scrolling through something like sometimes I wake up before my wife and I'm like scrolling through Twitter, Instagram, and I hit something and accidentally summon a video. Yes. And before oh, I can God. stop it, oh. it's like blaring stuff and then I'm getting the evil eye. And, you know, <laughs> it's it. not it's not great. Oh, man, I hate that. All right. Thank you all for your answers on that one and a little bit of um, mutual agreement uh, there at the end. Let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Lisa. All right. What I wanted to ask is, what is the one persistent tech irritation you've had through the last year? The thing that either you have to live with it, but it makes you grit your teeth a little bit, or it's like residual irritation, or it's a tech problem that cropped up and you haven't been able to solve it to your satisfaction over the course of the last year. Finally, I'm so glad someone asked. I can get this off my chest. I think the the most persistent thing I've had to deal with is oh, it's twofold. Fold one, mm-hmm. the internet dying in my house. Usually, it seems because of something going on on my Eero router. Now, fold two is is closely related to that. It's when I mention this and people are like, I don't know, it works great for me. That would be the second part of that. Uh, I've never had a problem with my Eros. Great for you. I'm so happy. I do. Um, but it, it just random things where the connection dies and I'll go down and be like, what's going on, man? And the hero just, you know, it doesn't answer cause it's a stupid router. Um, and I eventually have to restart it or it sometimes restarts itself. I've tried going through troubleshooting with their customer support team, a whole bunch. And the worst part is, of course, it's a totally intermittent issue, which is to say it happens only when my wife is on important Zoom calls for work, Um, because that's great. It's, it's, you know, being the person in the house who fixes the tech stuff, when you're baffled by that and you don't know what's gone wrong or how to fix it, uh, is kind of the worst situation. So that's my Mm. tech irritation for the year. Jason, what about you? Oh, wow. That's a good one, Dan. My iPad... Somewhere in the spring, my iPad just stopped syncing shortcuts with iCloud. Mm. So I would go, I would make all these like complicated changes to my uh, shortcuts that I use for work on my iPad, and they would not go to my other devices. And worse, on my Mac, when I started using shortcuts, I built all of these new versions that work on the Mac, and they work on the iPad, and they work better, and they wouldn't go. I could get them over there by like sharing them via an iCloud link, but they wouldn't sync, Mm. and it it drove me bananas. And so. This is this is the bad part. In order to try to troubleshoot this, what did I do? I did the I did the worst thing you can possibly do to an iOS device, oh, which no. is uh, sign out of, uh, of iCloud oh, and your Apple no. ID. It's been nice knowing right? you, right? Because your device is like I don't even know what to do with this, and then you log back in, and it says I need to sign you back in and sync back. And do you want me to keep your old contacts, which are literally the same contacts, or do you want to merge them? And I'm like, do I really want to merge them, or are there going to be two of everything? It's the it's a nightmare. So I did that twice. Oh, nothing changed i did the little stuff too where you like turn off shortcut sync and you quit shortcuts and you restart Mm -hmm. your ipad and then you come back and you turn it back on folks i went to my mac and my iphone and i signed out of icloud and signed back in there trying to just do anything i feel like we're at a campfire story (laughs) get it to work i couldn't get it to work yeah, this is one of those like horror stories. And, and then, then I signed out of <laughs> shortcuts was right behind you. Ah! Uh, and then, and then you know what I did? I, I, then I was finally like, okay, smart guy, maybe Google for it. And I found a page on, I believe, the Automators forum. Uh, so shout out to Automators here at Relay FM. Uh, I think that's where it was. And the page said, "Here's what you do: delete shortcuts on your iPad." <laughs> 
<laughs> and then and then reinstall it from the mm-hmm. app store. And mm-hmm. I thought, again, smart guy, I thought to myself, that's not going to do anything because we know that the stock Apple apps that are on iOS, when you delete them, they don't actually delete. They're still there. They right, just disappear right. and act like they're deleted so that when you go to the app store to reinstall them, you press download and it instantly is there because it didn't download it, folks. It was already there. Uh, however, what it does do when you delete the stock Apple app is delete the entire document container with all the data in it. And then you reinstall it, quote unquote, from the app store. And guess what, everybody? I solved my problem. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole thing. Is delete stupid shortcuts and then reinstall stupid shortcuts. And then I got I had all my shortcuts from both sides that had been out of sync for six months. So suddenly I had duplicates of everything everywhere. But at least they're syncing again. That's my story. Whew. That was a ride for all of us. I think more generally, Dan, I'm with you in the sense of there's a problem that your partner is having and you're the tech person mm-hmm. and then you can't solve it. That's come up a number of times um, here. And it's very frustrating when that's the case because you're, you're like, I don't know how to even replicate this issue. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing to try and fix it. And you feel like you're letting the other person down. It, it could just be kind of uh troublesome but um the other one i would say is one that i had uh i just kind of realized i had buried down deep and forgotten about because of it frustrating me so now it's sort of back on the surface and that's that um for uh why my network attached storage uh changed to a new operating system and when it did so uh and i downloaded the new software for it on my ipad and iphone um no matter what I try, no matter what I do, I cannot get the stupid thing to find any of the files on that hard drive. It's the good, like there's a workaround, which is that I can just connect to it with the files app on iOS, but I am, uh, you know, just directly, uh, you know, with the IP address, but I like the app. I liked the app and the way that it connected and the way that it would pull up the media and stuff like that, that I had on the, uh, network attached storage. And now I cannot get to, uh, any of it at all. And it's, uh, very frustrating. And yeah, so that, that's, that's my answer. Lisa, why don't you round us out here? All right. This is the year Evernote failed me. It used to be my one-stop shop for everything. If I saw something on the web that I was reading and wanted to save it for later to come back to, um, you know, use the browser plugin to suck it into Evernote. And um, if I I stored my recipes in there, I stored to-do lists in there, I stored checklists in there. Uh, I had notebooks, which are basically how you can organize your collections of notes. The software has gotten so buggy about syncing things up and the mobile clients don't have the same robustness of features. And the web-based client is a nightmare. Don't get me started on that. I'm now looking every time I I try to find something in Evernote because the search is also not great. (laughs) Um, I, I now have, I think, close to 12 years worth of data from financial information to password protected to, uh, you know, professional milestones to to do lists to checklists to personal writing to writing for websites that are no longer in existence that I archive there. And I can't find it easily or quickly without the application hanging Mm. up or without having to run like a capricious set of searches because who 
knows what the imps inside Evernote will accept as an acceptable search query today. And it has been a source of um, irritation all year, both because I'm still paying for this app and because I haven't been able to figure out my strategy for replacing this deteriorating tool with one or more tools that will do the same thing for me with a minimum of a replacement fuss, muss, and trauma. So that's been my persistent thorn in the side for the past year or so. I'm at a point now where it might be time to start saying goodbye to Evernote and looking at other things. Well, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic, the last bonus topic of 2021. So let me ask you, are you going to stay up until midnight to watch the year take over or are you done with it, Jason? Yeah, I usually stay up. It's 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 too much fun to be able to do that. Uh, and I'm often um, getting in a viewing of uh, of Duck Soup by the Marx Brothers, which is a tradition started by Lisa's husband, and mm-hmm. I have taken it over as well. I, it's not really about New Year's Eve, but it doesn't matter. It's a great silly capper on the year to remind us about how silly uh, and ridiculous everything is in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I It depends on the year. There are years where I go to bed early. I think this year will definitely be a stay up and uh, watch the year tick over. Lisa, what about you? We stay up. We stay up. We have um, a traditional New Year's Eve supper of appetizers and desserts, and <laughs> we <laughs> and we watch duck soup, and then we tune into Cron's um, live celebration, which is just like the best in local news. <laughs> yeah, I usually stay up. Um, we'll see. My bedtime feel like it feels like it's been getting earlier and earlier these days. So we'll see if I can make it to midnight. But it is nice and uh, to watch the year that was burn. I mean, take over. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> All right. That is the end of Clockwise this week and the end of Clockwise for 2021. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests jason snell thank you so much for being here shortcuts was the friends we made all along the way (laughs) and micah (laughs) and lisa schmeiser thank you so much for joining us i can't think of a better crew to see out the year in tech news and opinions oh and micah it's been a pleasure uh uh, sitting alongside you here all year i'm looking forward to 2022 time to clean off the table Mm -hmm. clean out the spreadsheet make a new spreadsheet you know the usual end of year stuff and thank you everybody out there for listening as always especially to our subscribers at relay fm supporting us and we really love you for it thank you so much we'll be back in 2022 but until then we remind all of you listening out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody oh god